Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock Central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, Christian calls to ask a question for his aunt. She's a teacher and wants to take a lump sum withdrawal to potentially avoid the government pension offset. Then Ed is 68 and he's earning more now than he ever has and wants to know if his benefit is going to be recalculated to reflect those higher earnings. And then Bob has a wife who's receiving a child in care benefit and a child who's receiving children's benefits, but he's been given a really good offer to go back to work and wants to know how he should evaluate all of this and make a decision. There's a lot of other good stuff too, so let's get started. And up next, we have Christian in Texas. Hey, Christian. How you doing, Devin? Fantastic, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to, to help us. You are welcome. How can I help you? So I've got a, an aunt who is in her early 70s, and she's collecting Social Security. She has uh, a survivor benefit. And so she is an educator, makes a very small income as an educator, but she's about ready to retire. She wants to but she is aware of the offset, the government pension offset. She's very nervous, and so she is vested. She's been there um, 16 years, and her district does not pay into Social Security. So my question is this. If she were to take the lump sum instead of the monthly payout, is she, is she still subject to the government pension offset, which I think she is, from all, all the research I've done and all the videos I've watched from you? Or is she able to take her lump sum without what the district has put in or the state has put in, and then she would not be subject to the government pension offset? Are any of those scenarios correct? So as I understand the government pension offset, if they have the option of taking a lump sum without, without the employer contributions, and it's just their contributions, then they could sidestep the government pension offset. It doesn't work that way for the windfall elimination provision, but it could for the GPO. Now, whether or not that makes sense is another story. Because remember that that um, government pension offset is only going to reduce her spousal or survivor benefit by two-thirds of the pension amount. Of her pension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, so... It probably wouldn't in this case because her pension's very small. Yeah. So I definitely see what you're saying. But it does not impact the windfall elimination provision, whatever. You do not have that option. Well, no, you have to do it before you are entitled or eligible for that pension, uh, which is which is pretty tough. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Does she have a benefit from her well, own I've work been, record with Social Security? She does, but her... Uh, She's been taking the, the spousal benefit, the widow's benefit, because it's it's greater. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, once that once that non-covered pension starts from that school district, then uh, that government pension offset is absolutely going to start to reduce it. Okay. And, 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 and right. Christian, well, just a point here mm-hmm. that you may want to make. If they don't start to reduce it, don't think you've gotten by with it and tell her to think the same thing. How does that work? Well, you're going to need to notify them that you've started a non-covered pension 
because otherwise they may continue to pay you that full survivor benefit for potentially years Mm -hmm. and then come back and say, Hey, Oh, by the way, you owe us $50,000 and I've seen it happen Mm -hmm. and it's never, it's Mm -hmm. never fun. How, how do you let the social security office know? How do you notify them? You just call them. Yep. Just call them and, and, uh, and let them know. And they'll ask you what that pension amount is. Now, if, you haven't already filed for benefits, they're going to ask you that in the process of taking your claim. Uh, but once you're on benefits, then it's kind of on you to let them know if you start a pension. It's also on, on you to let them know if that pension has any cost of living adjustment increases, because that's also going to offset mm-hmm. the amount or increase the amount of that offset. Very interesting. Well, that is, uh, that is good knowledge to have. I sure do appreciate it. You're welcome, Christian. So, can you tell me, do you, you only offer any courses where you really shed light on dealing with the government pension offset and the windfall elimination provision? Not yet. That's coming soon, though. Um, okay. that, that is one of awesome. our initiatives you, for this year. All right, Christian. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. And up next, we have Ed in New York. Hey, Ed. Hi, Devin. Hey, Devin, I want to thank you for your show. It really has helped me and uh, a lot of people that I that I work with. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you for calling. Well, I had two questions. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I'm, I delayed my, uh, retirement benefit and this November I will turn 68 years old. And, uh, the past two years have been a higher salary and I'm sure would push out a couple of the lower 35 year, um, salaries. Okay. When we started off, the salary is a bit lower. And so um, last year, this year, we're higher salaries. And uh, I was wondering, if I apply this November, does that, in a, in a sense, mean it's an incomplete year? You have to have 12 months? And um, should I just wait to apply in January of next year? Um, so I that was uh, one of the questions I had. And um, the other question was, um, when you have the 8% increase uh, that you get delay, count that on your full retirement amount at 66, or is it on the new amount that, let's say, um, as I said, maybe some years push out some of the lower years. And so let's say your amount was 2,500 at 66 and let's say it's 3,000, you know, in a couple of years or whatever is the 8% increase on the 3,000 or is it on the 2,500? In other words, is it 200 or is it 240? That they Good questions. Increase? Good questions, Ed. Okay. So here's the way this is going to work. Let's tackle the earnings part first. So, you know, if you file, let's say mid-year, whatever those earnings are that you've made that year should be part of your new earnings record and it'll get recalculated. And if it's part of that high 35, then it's going to increase your benefit. So, you know, they're not going to throw out earnings just because it wasn't a full year. So those those are used. And again, it's got to be part of that high 35. But if it is, yeah, then they're going to recalculate that benefit. Um, And they're supposed to do that automatically. But if you look at your benefit and you think, wait a minute, I know for a fact that was part of my high 35, it should have been used, then you can ask for a recalculation of that benefit. It's supposed to be automatic, but it's not always. The second thing is with the 8% additions, 
Um, and and you were asking me, is it calculated on let's say your retirement, um, full retirement? Right. Let's say it was twenty five thousand. I mean twenty uh, twenty five hundred, two thousand five hundred. Uh, so that would be two hundred dollars. Right. If you waited, and with the years that pass, now it's up to three thousand. If you um, you know uh, request for uh, your re- retirement. Uh, Social Security. Do they count the eight percent on the three thousand because you've waited some, and so yeah, there's no. an increase at the following year? They don't. Four hundred. And basically, okay. what this is, it's a question of is this a compounded eight percent or a simple return of eight percent? And it is just a simple eight percent of your full retirement age benefit. Oh, all right. Yep. So all if right. your if but, your full retirement age benefit, let's yeah. say, is a thousand dollars, then that's eighty dollars that they'll add yeah. every year. But you're still working, right? So you still have earnings right. potentially being added. So every year when they recalculate what your primary insurance amount is or your full retirement age benefit, then they'll add those 8% back to that amount. So in other words, if um, a higher year kicks out a lower year and it, it, it amounted to, let's say, instead of $1,000, $1,020, they'll take the 8% on the $1,020? Is that that's I'm right. Correctly. That's right. No. If that becomes your new full retirement age benefit, then both years of delayed retirement credits that you're going to have um, are, are going to be added at that rate. And then if I decide, like because I heard you say in the previous show um, or previous uh, caller, uh, if uh, I apply for it, let's say in January rather than, you know, this year, uh, do I have to wait for those delayed? Because um, you said something about uh, you almost have to wait until January till they really calculate the full eight uh, percent. I think for that year is that is that correct or am yeah. I thinking? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's uh, that's correct. They will add those in January of the year following the year you earn them. So if you earn delayed retirement credits in two thousand twenty, those will be added January of two thousand twenty one. So if, if you want to make okay. that effective and get that full delayed retirement credit, then you would probably want to file in November, December for an effective date of January. All right. So in other words, if I file this um, November, December, or let's say December saying, okay, I want to receive my um, full retirement uh, now at 68, they'll give me the extra earnings from 67 and six, um, uh, 67 and then uh 66 the fact that i waited is that correct yes that is correct and it'll be the okay. it'll be the delayed retirement credits from 67 to 68 that they haven't added until january of the following year mm-hmm. but they'll add it in january of 2022 so when do you turn or 68 23 uh i'll turn 68 in november of this year yep so that'll be added in january of next year 2021 no okay, 2022 <laughs> Let me get my gears yeah, right okay. here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Devin, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, you, Ed. You helped me uh, clarify it and everything. And uh, thanks again. Fantastic. Have a great day. You too. Bye. And up next, we have Alfredo in Pennsylvania. Hey there. How are you? Hi, doing, Devin. Good afternoon. Okay, Man. I want to know. I I got disabled at the age of 58. Okay. okay and. I haven't been working since then to now, 52, but I paid 38 years of Social Security. So I want to know 
when I either was 62 or 66, would I be able to get full retirement or already got it with what they're giving me now? So are you collecting Social Security disability right now? Yes, indeed, since 58. Okay, then that's simply going to convert to a retirement benefit at your full retirement age, and you probably won't see any benefit changes. It should be in the same amount, but they'll stop calling it a disability benefit and start calling it a retirement benefit. And that's really the only change you're going to see. Oh, that's the only change. So I can be able to go to work now and earn some, you know, some side thing that won't be held against me if, you know, on from the Social Security. After after your full retirement age, that is correct. Yes, because it'll only be a retirement oh, benefit oh, at that only point. Only when I full re- yeah, at my full retirement age, then I can get a part-time job? I would say so. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. But I couldn't get a part-time job now, right? Well, not under the disability rules. How old are you right now, Alfredo? 62. Yeah. So you're still considered to be receiving a disability benefit. Okay. Now, as you're right. talking about a part-time job. Let me just stop there for a minute. There are a couple of initiatives within the Social Security Administration where they do allow you to return to work and have some earnings, um, you know, you may want to check with a social security disability attorney about that because there yeah. may be a way that you could do that if you're wanting to go back to work uh, without tampering with your benefit. Okay. All right, David. Thank you for your, uh, appreciate your help. And I always listen to you on, on, on YouTube and online. Been following Good. you for, for years now. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank Alfredo. You All right. Have a great day. YouTube, bye bye. Bye bye. And up next, we have Bob in Hawaii. Hey, Bob. Hey, aloha, Devin. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, you are welcome. Yeah, so here's my question. So I'm 62. I filed for early retirement back in May, and I'm currently receiving benefits of roughly 4000 a month. I also have a minor uh, child, and so therefore, you know, we're getting benefits for the minor child plus uh, my wife, who's the caregiver. And so uh, roughly 4K a month is my current benefits. Okay. Um, Here's the situation. I'm also being recruited. So I, you know, retired. I'm also recruited, uh, being recruited to go back to work. And so if I were to, you know, accept this uh, job offer and, um, you know, therefore I know that I'm limited to, you know, 18,000 a year in my uh, maximum allowable income, um, if I exceed that, I know that they reduce my benefits by, you know, $1 for every $2 over that allowable amount. And so my question is, and I've asked this question of at least three or four different agents at Social Security and have gotten different answers. Um, I know that the deferred benefits, the, you know, benefits that are suspended because I exceeded that uh, maximum allowable annual income, um, I know it's added back to uh, my PIA. Uh, which is 3000 a month um, once I reach my full retirement age of 66 years and 10 months. My question is, how much will they add back to my PIA once I reach FRA? And, you know, that will determine whether it makes sense to, you know, rescind my early uh, retirement. Right. Or not. All right. So you, you have a wife who's receiving a child and care benefit and you have a minor child who's also receiving a children's benefit. Okay, what's going to happen if you exceed the earnings limit, not only will your benefit be turned off, but their benefit will be turned off as well. And you sound like you already know this. Mm-hmm. But yep. the part that the part that's a little sickening is that, yes, your PIA is going to increase, but there's not going to be any credit given to you for the payments 
that your wife and child have missed. Those are just gone. So as far as how your PIA is going to be increased, so right now in the, uh, what year were you born? 1959. Okay. So your full retirement age is 66 and 10 months. Correct. And so here's the way that those reductions were um, added to your benefit, or here's the way the reductions decreased your benefit. In that first 36-month period, right after, or right before, rather, your full retirement age, your benefit was reduced by five-ninths of 1% per month. And anything over 36 months, it was reduced by five-twelfths of 1%. So if your benefit is stopped and you're no longer collecting that benefit, then whatever that reduction amount was in the month that stopped, that's the percentage that's going to be added back to your PIA. So if you had um, two months where the benefit was reduced at five-twelfths of 1%, that's the amount that they would add back to your benefit, and it would be recalculated at your full retirement age, and you would see that benefit increase. Hmm. Okay. So in the worst-case scenario, if I were to say, you know, get a very generous uh, uh, job, um, and so my benefits go to zero, right? So roughly 4K a month currently is what I'm getting. Um, so that works out to 48K per year, right? And I'm 62 right now. So let's just say that I go back to work, you know, next month and uh, my benefits go to zero for the next four years. That's uh, 48,000 times four, which is $192,000 that are deferred, right? So I guess what you're saying is that if my benefits are stopped, it's determined the payback that I could get once I reach FRA is based on my age at the time that my benefits are stopped. Yeah, if your benefits are stopped for that entire period, but what they actually do is they, they call it the adjustment to the reduction uh, factor, the ARF, yep. and it's just the number of months yep. your benefit was stopped. Those months are added back to your PIA calculation, and that simply increases that benefit at full retirement age. But you don't get credit for the missed benefits for your your wife and your child. Okay. So it sounds like if I do go back to work, my best bet is to probably rescind my uh, retirement. I'm still within the 12-month window. I would. I would not wait for the earnings limit to do it for you. I would do it proactively since you're still in that window. Okay. Because the risk yeah, you... Just doing the math there, right? Well, yeah. the, the risk you run there is that they don't turn your benefit off correctly, and then they send you an overpayment notice. Um, for several years, I would help people unravel these things. And let me tell you, they are incredibly difficult. I've read letters from the IRS, and I've read letters from the Social Security Administration, both alleging that I owed them money or that someone owed them money. And I can tell you the ones from the Social Security Administration are much worse. They are almost impossible to decipher. And so I would strongly prefer to see someone just turn off their benefits voluntarily than I would let the Social Security Administration do it in their timing. Okay. So you're saying that uh, based on your experience, if I were to go down this path of trying to, you know, get my adjusted reduction factor added back on once I do reach my FRA, that that could just be a can of worms and a big mess. Well, it's the, you know, would they continue to pay you benefits when they shouldn't? When you have earnings coming in, you know, so when you filed for your benefits and they said, what do you anticipate your earnings to be? You were retired. 
you told them probably nothing. Well, now you have earnings coming in and they're going to catch that. They will catch it. We don't know when they'll catch it, though. In most cases, they're pretty good about getting that quickly, especially if you self-report those earnings. But in some cases, they don't catch it for a while. You know, you could see it two, three, four years down the road. And then trying to come back with that letter in your hand where they say, oh, by the way, we shouldn't have paid you for these months. You now owe us $25,000. And it's a mess. And it's almost impossible to work through their math and their accounting to figure out how they arrived at that number. And are they right? You just have to accept it and move on. So I'd turn the benefit off if you have that option. Okay. Um, So, okay. Um, So related to that, though, in your experience, are we talking about roughly, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month uh, added back to my PIA once I reach FRA uh, in my situation? Or, you know, could it be significantly higher than that? So it, it just depends. Uh, I believe the reductions for the period that you're in now is around point point four one six percent per month. Um, so, you know, if you have enough months and your PIA is high enough, then for sure it could be couple of hundred dollars at, at most right so in my case uh, if i'm ending up deferring at say about hundred ninety two thousand dollars that i mentioned earlier if i'm only getting a hundred bucks a month back you know we're talking uh i'll, I'll never get back basically well because right? we're talking uh hundred ninety thousand divided by a hundred bucks a month or yeah. a couple hundred a month of, you know hundreds of years yep so. when you have a when you have a child's benefit and a child in care benefit, you know, now you're having to do the math on shutting more than just your benefit off. You're having to account for those benefits as well. And I'm going to tell you, that's where Social Security gets pretty generous is when you have those types of benefits. So it, it is going to be hard to make that work for sure, to where the math works. So it, it kind of yeah. comes down to, do you want to go back to work? You know, and, and maybe going back to work, you know, either your earnings are going to be high enough to, to make it worth it or... Uh, you're going to get some kind of personal satisfaction that that you can't monetize. Exactly. Yeah, that's my dilemma. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that was just uh, what I was trying to compute was the math uh, in my spreadsheet of how much do I get added back by the so-called adjusted reduction factor. So yeah. I think if I understood you correctly, you're saying that if my I need to determine when is my benefit going to stop and then calculate whether it's the uh, 512th of 1% or five ninth of 1% at that point in time. And then you're saying, I just, uh, add that, add that back to my, right. um, yep. PIA. That's it. In in a rough okay. nutshell, that's it. But you know, then you have the additional factors. If you're going back to work and any of those months are higher than any of your, your inflation adjusted 35 years, then, you know, you're going to see a recalculation of benefits or they could, you know, take it higher. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pretty complicated, but uh, definitely appreciate your um, your feedback on that. And uh, I'll have to make a decision here within the next few months. So All thanks right. so much again. And uh, thank you so much for uh, hosting your show. Yep. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. Okay. Hello. And up next, we have Hello, Bruce Devin. in California. Hey, Bruce, how are you? Hi, Devin. I am fine. I hope you are too. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have already applied and am getting my social security. I'm uh, 67 and a half now. Uh, uh, my benefit is 2416. My wife 
full retirement age will be 66 in four months. And she was, uh, with her paperwork, it says she's only make like $457. Uh, she has now has major medical. Uh, she went through lymphoma, cancer. We beat that. But she has macular degenerative disease. And now she has uh, emphysema. And I'm wondering if we should just pull the trigger for spousal support. The, her spousal social security or wait for the full retirement age of uh, June of 22 when she'd be 66 in four months. You know, hello. I'll tell you, uh, Bruce, what, when my mother got sick, I actually recommended to her that she file early. And the scenario sounds very similar here. Um, your benefit is the highest benefit, right? Yes, sir. And so, I am trying to figure out, uh, I'm within this 36 month window. When I originally filed for my uh, social security, uh, I asked the person I was talking to what hers would be for a spousal. And he said, if they, I did it now, which was back in November of last year, she would be uh, able to get $900. And if, she waited until she was 66 and four months, which would be June of 22, she'd get $1,300. So we thought we'd wait. But now with all these complications, I'm thinking maybe we should take it now. Yeah. And I couldn't blame you for making that decision either. You know, when you have the lower earning spouse that has health issues, uh, at this point, you're not trying to uh, maximize their benefit. So it'll become your survivor benefit. Because should she predecease you, your benefit's going to continue to move on just like it is now, and her benefit's going to drop off. So it could be a simple matter of right. trying to calculate how can we get her the most in payments between now and the time she passes away. The uh, figures, they say, I have to subtract twenty five thirty six of 1%. Right. And if my benefit is twenty four sixteen. Is that twenty? The one percent would be twenty four dollars and sixteen cents, and minus the twenty five thirty six, that would be sixteen dollars and seventy seven cents. Uh, let me do the math is that on that real off quick. Of each. So, at what what is her age right now? Uh, she's sixty five and sixty five and six months. Okay, so yeah, she's within that twenty. Uh, she's within that thirty six month period. For my next show, I'm definitely going to have to have a calculator in here. I've used my cell phone now a couple of times. I mean, I got that number, but then I didn't know what to do with that number. Is, so, is that oh, is that one percent from half of my FRA or my full FRA? So that, that is the question. Yeah, that is the reduction based on the spousal benefit that she's entitled to, which would be the one half, and then they start counting that down. Oh, so I. So I have to take my one percent is of the twelve oh eight, not the twenty four sixty. Yeah. So, so that comes that. out to a monthly reduction in the first thirty six months of about seventeen dollars a month yeah. for every month she files early. Okay, and then the other for my own, it would be five ninths of one percent. Right. Wait a minute. Yep. No, that's it. Five ninths. I, I did that wrong. Uh, my own benefit is five ninths of one percent. Is that I'm sorry, half of of my FRA or my full FRA? No, that is your full retirement age benefit. So you simply take five ninths of one percent away from your full retirement age benefit, 
for every month that you file early, again, in that first 36-month window. You can express that as, an av- as a percentage to make it a little bit easier. It comes up to 0.555%. Now, with that, it's, it's a little easier to do those subtractions. Now, interestingly, the spousal benefit reduction is 0.6944%, whereas your reduction is 0.555%. So that spousal benefit reduction is steeper than a benefit that you're getting off of your own work record. Okay, so we're we're talking twenty twenty five dollars a month probably on your benefit. Well, all, all, all together, you have to add those two together to see what they're going to take away from. I think that that once I get those numbers, <laughs> I, I don't okay. know what to do with them. Well, Bruce, let's walk through them then. All right, so. Let me let me recap some information you've already told me. You have already filed, right? Yes, sir. All right. And how old were you when and you I'm filed? Still working, sixty-seven. Okay. So you are full retirement age, and your benefit that you're receiving now, your gross benefit, is two thousand four hundred and sixteen dollars. Yes, sir. Okay. And that's the amount you received before any reductions. Yes, sir. Okay. Perfect. All right. And your wife is sixty-five, and how many months? Six months. Okay. Then let me just. Her full retirement age would be June of 2022. So then she is entitled. Does she have any benefits coming from her own work record? Yes. Okay. $556. Has she filed for those yet? No, sir. Okay. So she hasn't filed for that benefit or a spousal benefit. Okay. No, sir. Um, so here's it, it's probably a little bit more complex than we can do right here on the phone then because. Here's what's going to happen. When she files for benefits, she's going to receive effectively two benefits all packaged up into one check. All right. She's going to receive her own benefit, and that's going to be reduced at a different rate than she is for her spousal portion that comes in on top of that. So there will be two benefits paid. And here's the way you can figure it out. I have a very simple video out there, how spousal benefits are calculated, and you need to go watch it. Because in that video, I walk through the calculation. Again, I wish we could get into it here and I could give you a final number, but it's just not the right format for that. But you can get it figured out very quickly if you go check that video out. I, I've watched that several times. <laughs> Devin, thank you so much for it. Spousal benefit is going to be minus 25.56 for 1% of, of what she would normally have gotten. Well, no, not now. All right, so her own benefit is at her full retirement age is how much? Uh, 619. All right, 619. So the uh, the maximum amount she's entitled to is one half of your full retirement age benefit. And so that means that she's going to receive $619 from her own and 589 as a spousal benefit. Does that make sense? Because she's going to get her own plus a top off to get her up to that $1,208. So that's $1,208 total, but it's two separate benefits. And then what's going to happen in those benefits is that her own is going to be reduced on a different schedule than your benefit will be. So the total benefit that your wife is going to be able to collect is going to be a combination of her own benefit and a spousal top-off, but it cannot exceed one half of your benefit. All right. So in her case, yes. that means it cannot exceed $1,208 because that is one half of your benefit. 
Yes, sir. So her own full retirement age benefit is six hundred nineteen dollars. Yeah, that means that if you take that twelve hundred eight dollars, you subtract six nineteen, you're left with five hundred eighty nine dollars as the spousal benefit, that spousal top off amount. And then those two amounts, the six nineteen, which is her benefit, and the five eighty nine, which is her spousal benefit, those two benefits are going to be reduced at different levels. So the 619 is going to be reduced at that 0.55% per month. And the 589 is going to be reduced at the 0.6944% per month. Okay. Those are the numbers. Okay. I've been using wrong numbers. Ah, gotcha. Okay. I was was using my half of my social security uh, minus 0.699. Yeah. Nope. And... I didn't do the subtraction first. Yep. You've got to apply it to only the amount that's attributable to the spousal top off. And then her benefit is going to be subtracted at the more generous <laughs> deduction of that 0.555%. Right. But I, I don't even think she'll make 619 because she's had so many zeros added on to her earnings record. For have, being- ha- have most of those earnings been recent? Uh, her last earning was eight hundred and twenty-eight dollars back in twenty twenty. Okay, she'll she'll have zero for twenty twenty-one, and she'll have zero for twenty twenty-two. And uh, twenty nineteen, she made eight thousand six hundred and ninety-seven dollars. Okay, um, without seeing the age of the estimate, I'm looking at it's hard to know, but they're probably using two thousand nineteen's earnings to project what her future earnings are going to be. Yes, sir. That's what they did. Yeah. So um, now that she doesn't have those earnings, then yeah, it it could change that some. Although I wouldn't expect it to change too much. Oh, okay. Yep. No, not not at her age, and not at those earnings amounts either, because that that formula is heavily weighted towards a lower earning individual. So on her benefit amount, I would still expect it to be that six nineteen. But just know that, you know, even if that go if that amount goes down, then the spousal top up is going to increase because it's going to equal twelve hundred and eight dollars at her full retirement age. No matter what. Right. 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 And if she files early again, reduced on two different schedules. Okay. Uh, with ten months left to go, would we actually be losing much to, to ever I mean make it up? Um uh, her longevity of life of probably four or five years. Uh, Let's do the quick math with, here. I, I am still working because of I need the insurance to, to cover what we're going through. And one caller did ask you about, will it change when you're working? And yes, it does. They have changed mine already. Um, my benefit, because I the funds that I have made per year, they, they get sent to social security and they all of a sudden they get an increase. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like on a monthly basis, you know, where you are now, that benefit's going to increase by about $7 and 50 cents per month between now and her full retirement age. That's it. That's according to my calculations. Yes, sir. That's not very much. Oh, so that would be times 10. So that would be $75. Right. That's on a monthly basis. So every month that you continue to delay that benefit, $7.50, roughly. 
Okay. Isn't that much in today's standards? No, it's really not. Not especially if you're dealing with the potential of a shortened life expectancy. Yeah. You, know, you could probably and, run those um, numbers out and see where it's, it's you know, you're going to be ahead uh, should she pass away within the next five years for you to go ahead and file now. Okay. And how's your mother? Is she, is she doing okay? No, huh? no. Unfortunately, she passed away and that we knew that was going to happen when we made that uh, suggestion to her. But uh, yeah, oh. that was back in 2014. Oh, well, I'm sorry for your loss back then. Well, thank you. Yeah. She was a great woman. Inspiration for a lot of stuff I do today. That's kind of what people say about my wife. Yeah. <laughs> She's changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Good, good, strong women that, uh, that set an example like that. They're, they're, um, man, I tell you what, our, our world is built on them for sure. Yeah. It's hard to find people like that anymore. It certainly is. It well, really listen, is. thank you so much thank for the call. I hope I was able to help you out. Oh, oh, you were immensely helpful. Thank you so much. I was so confused. with I, I had all the numbers. I did it over and over again, but I was using the wrong numbers. All right, sir. And thank you for... So when you tell people about that, maybe they ought to emphasize uh, that, that one figure. It's, it's These subtractions are for after you subtract the spousal minus half of your yeah. Social Security. Yep. Because yep. that does convolute that. it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That does make it complicated to understand. But uh, thank you so much for, for being on online and showing us all this stuff. You're, you're, you're a wonderful person. And thank you for helping us out with Social Security. It is amazing. And you have made it a much, much simpler. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Well, thank you for calling. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.